0: Well, it's here again. Praise God. I was just thinking about, sometimes Christmas can have different feelings and emotions with different people for all different reasons. We all know someone, have someone in in our life, in our family, who's not here on earth, but they're with Jesus. And I was just thinking about that song, Mary, Did You Know? And I was thinking, wonder what it was like for them. You know, we talk about Jesus. We talked about the goodness of him. We talked about that he came. But there was a time where they walked in. I don't know when it happens, how how soon you're in heaven. But they actually met him. Amen. Can you imagine the day that you're actually going to meet? Not Gabriel. Michael, the the archangel. Can you imagine the day that you're actually going to meet Jesus face to face? You ever thought about that? Wow, a lot of ways to praise him, and uh, nothing wrong with praising him with our hands and, and clapping, but I don't know, I just, uh, I was in a service that day, said, so let's give the Lord a big hand clap, and I, I don't know, it just, I, I was thinking, I wonder if the first time we meet him, are we going to give him a hand clap? <laughs> it just doesn't seem like it would be the right response, does it? Yeah. Now, if we had a, I mean, if President Trump was to come here today, or an elected official, we might. We might, out of honor, give them a hand clap, but I don't think we'd give Jesus a hand clap, would we? Anyway, I didn't mean to be off on that, but Luke chapter 2, if you want to follow along with your Bible, Luke, the second chapter. And I was actually going to read you. You know, Christmas uh, is depicted to be so many things that really is not. It's okay to have fun and enjoy certain things. But uh, if you're trying to find out, it's not their purpose, but if you're trying to find out what Christmas was about, about from Hallmark, you probably wouldn't get an accurate picture of it, would you? And <clears throat> in the, in the Christmas towns and all that they're doing, and it, it doesn't look like our life, does it? I mean, except for you business owners, people know that everyone's in the business for themselves. They get to sit home and do whatever they want to do. And so uh, they get to sit, uh, uh, play the song out, chestnuts roasting. I, I know Nathan and different ones have been doing that this month, sitting home at the fireplace, drinking eight nogs while he is roasting chestnuts over an open fire. Is that right? <laughs> so, it's uh, certainly a benefit to be in business for yourself and just stay home and count money. But anyway. You know, sl- and taking sleigh rides and stuff like that in the dirt. I mean, in the snow that we don't have. But anyway, so it's it's not really that. It's it's really a lot of hustle and bustle isn't it. So in that, you know, we can kind of lose the um, the real story of, of Christmas. And uh, this is kind of a funny, but it, it gets to the point. It said, "Twas the fight, not the night, but the fight before Christmas." Says 'twas says, t'was the fight before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature, was peaceful, not even my spouse. The bills were strung out on the table with dread in hopes that the checkbook would not be in the red. The children were fussing and throwing a fit when Billy came screaming and cried, I've been bit. When mama with her skillet and I with a remote, she said, you change one more channel and I'll grab your throat. When on the TV there rose such a clatter, I sat upon the couch to see what was the matter. When what to my wondering eyes should appear, the cable was out, it was my worst fear. (laughs) The Cowboys, the Celtics, the Raiders, the Knicks, without the sports channel, I'd soon need a fix. Then in the midst of my grievous sorrow, I remembered the times I had promised tomorrow. Not now, my children, but sometime soon, Dad will play with you and things will be fine. Now in the conviction, I looked at my wife. Where was my kindness? Why all the strife? My heart quickly softened. I now saw my task. Some love and attention was all they asked. I gathered my family and called them by name. And I told them with God's help, I'll not be the same. We'll keep Christ in Christmas and honor his plan. No more fights before Christmas. On that we will stand. My children's eyes twinkled. They squealed with delight. My wife gladly nodded. She knew I was right. It was the fight before Christmas, but God's love came through. Just like he does, he makes all things new. How about that? We talk about our greatest need. There's a, I don't know who, it was an unknown source. It said if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. And if it had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been just money, God would have sent us an economist. But our greatest need, or if our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was for forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior, Christ the Lord. So it's, it's Merry Christmas, it's not Xmas, it's Merry Christmas. And the word Christmas is the word Christ, the anointed one, right? Actually, the word Christmas means Christ. And it means mass. Christ's massed, which means a celebration. Christ, the anointed one, is the anointed celebration. Amen. And so it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, the the things of Christmas and the going and the doing, and uh, especially in America. But we need to always remember what Christmas is actually about. I don't think he was born in December. Uh, I think it was probably September or October that he was actually born, but uh, nonetheless, we're gonna we celebrate his birth. But we're not celebrating just the birth of a child because the child didn't go to the cross, and child didn't go to hell for us, and the child wasn't raised from the dead. Yeah. It's the man, Christ Jesus. Yeah. But but there had to be a birth, and so uh, Luke chapter two verse one it says it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus and all the world should be taxed. So they've been doing this a long time. So the Democrats was running it right back. We said they were in charge right then. Uh, bad joke, anyway. And, the, and the, this taxing was made. Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and they all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the son <clears throat> or or it says that into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was the way of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that they was there, the, the days was accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room at the Hampton Inn. And they were there, in the same country shepherds abided in the flock, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they're so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you, and I'll say that to you this morning, for unto you, is born in this day, the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you that you shall find the babe wrapped in swathing clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the Babylonian manger. And when they saw it, they made known among the saying which was told them concerning this Christ. And, they, <clears throat> and all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And it was told unto them, and it says, When eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before she was, he was conceived in the womb. And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Jude to the town of David, which is Bethlehem, because he was the house and the family of David. To be enrolled with Mary, his espoused wife. And I'm sorry, I'm reading some of the I crossed over to the Amplified, didn't mean to do that. But anyway, they they went after this, and uh, and Simeon, which had a word from God and his wife that before they died, they would see Jesus. And as soon as they saw the child, they said, This is he. And they were they were blessed, and they they had the promise of seeing uh Jesus, the uh the child, and, and this is and Anna, a prophetess. And uh, so we had have, we have the story of, of the birth of Christ, which, which is miraculous. Everything about Christianity is miraculous. Everything about Christianity is supernatural. Amen. You know, a lot of times you see a, 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 a card, and we don't think much about it, and we think about the shepherds, and we see the three shepherds, and we don't know where anybody gets that from. There's nothing in the Bible that says there's three shepherds. It might have been 18. There's nowhere it says three. And they didn't come two or three days later. It was actually about two years later. Amen. And they brought gifts. And on a side note, you know, you you talk about sometimes I think people say, well, you know, we know the devil has power, but he just, it's a little lower than God. Actually, he has zero, no power because Jesus has taken all power from him. And if he was so powerful, how come he didn't know where Jesus was? If you remember, he knew the prophecy and they were telling him of the Messiah and he was afraid that he was in the earth, uh, had already been born, and he was one of two years of age or a baby up to two years of age. So remember, Herod sent out a decree that every child, male child, two years and old and down should be killed. But the Lord warned uh, Joseph and he uh, fled through the night And uh, so the angels uh, decreed unto him or declared unto Joseph to go and took him to a safe place. And Herod slaughtered, no doubt, thousands and thousands of of small male children. And isn't it just interesting, just on a side note, that Satan didn't know who he was. Well, but the shepherds knew where to find him. Now, how can a man, a shepherd, who don't even have the Holy Ghost in him like we do, is able to find and hear and know some things about the scriptures and understand some things about what the star represented and to know the prophetical word and Satan, who is spiritually dead, doesn't have the word to work with. He can't find him, so he does a mass slaughter where the angels go to the prophetic word and they find Jesus, amen. Well, when you read Luke chapter two in some translations, it's rendered to say uh, peace among men. That's not really an actual uh, true rendering because if Jesus came to bring peace among mankind, it hasn't worked. I mean, every day that you turn on your TV and you watch the local news, forget the world news, someone's been shot or been killed or murdered even in our own cities, in our own state. And uh, so he didn't... He didn't accomplish peace among men. And so angels were proclaiming uh, world peace toward humanity among men, but that's not what the verse is communicating to us. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 10, you know, I turned there, but verse 34 through 36. Jesus actually said, do not think that I've come to send peace on earth. He said, I did not come to send peace. I came to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foe shall be of his own household. And prophesying the very end of time, Jesus prophesied the end of the time and signs of their coming in Matthew 24, 6 through 80. He says, actually, the end time, he said, you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet for nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And these are the beginning of sorrows. So we can't interpret Luke chapter two, peace among men, uh, because Jesus didn't say that. But he did say peace actually is towards men. In other words, what he did, Jesus came to bring an end where mankind was lost to the sin of Adam and Eve He came to bring peace between us and God. Amen. And so he brought peace towards, and that's what they were proclaiming. They were saying, glory to God in the highest, peace, goodwill toward man. And so God's gift to the world is Jesus and to the entire world. Not to the church, not not to the best people, but God's greatest gift is his, his son, Jesus. And he gave him to the world, to all mankind. So the announcement was goodwill towards all men from God. So we, we need to understand that uh, Jesus dying was to lost humanity. And uh, so we need to not preach, and I don't think anyone here is doing that, but we don't need to pre- preach that Jesus is an angry God. We need, to, we need to preach and understand that we are in a new covenant, Amen. not the old covenant, where God's angry one day and he's at peace the next. Well, if if God's angry this morning but he's he's happy this afternoon and he's you get, you don't know what day to catch him on then what we have is not a a God that never changes what we have is a schizophrenic God. And that's not who our God is. So <clears throat> the church still will preach they insist because of your sins and your shortcomings and your failures God is punishing people and he'll use, you know, catastrophes and hurricanes and storms and tornadoes and all sorts of this. And, you know, every time there's a terrorist attack, it's because God is, he weighed the battles of sin and judgment had to come out and God had to appease some of the sin and peel some of that off. Well, that's just not the gospel. The message of the gospel in Romans 2, 4 is the good, it's the goodness of God, not a tornado that leads men to repentance. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad that God didn't love you so much he sent a tsunami to wipe you out? No. <laughs> you know, you got hit by a Greyhound bus. Of course, you end up with that run-down feeling, but anyway. Um, but God is just, and he paid the full price. Somebody say full price. Full so if he paid the full price, what's the balance? Zero. Zero. So we owe nothing. But in the sense of we owe we owe the love of debt to be paid to other people. No way we could pay what God did for us. No way if he invoiced us, if we lived wait, two million years old, we could never pay Jesus back for what he did for us. But we can forward We can forward that by giving the unconditional love and sharing the same love he shared with us with, with mankind. It's the only way that you can do it. You can't take money to heaven, you can't take possessions to heaven, no doubt, like you, like I, we've all been to many funerals. I don't know about you. I never saw anyone take anything with them to heaven. Have you? Huh? I mean, there's. I mean, the, the old joke is, you never saw U-Haul behind the casket and, and it going up into the heavens. Have you? No. <clears throat> God has no value for the things here on earth that we call the valuables. You know, whether it's a, you know, a ring, a watch, your earrings, or real estate, or or your money, or your CDs, nothing like that. Matter of fact, he doesn't even take your body, which is not bad news. Amen. You know, if there's something about your body you're not enjoying right now, or you it's not altogether, you know, like you would want it to be. And uh, you know, the thing is we're gonna we're gonna exit that body. Amen. I know a lot of people who would like to step outside of it and say, I'm glad to be through with you. But, you know, that body is still going to be your body. Yeah, it will. And God's going to resurrect you, but it's going to be a resurrected body. And that body's going to look so much better when God gets through with it and becomes a resurrected body. You'll be glad to get back in there and zip it back up. Hallelujah. And, um, but, you know, I always, you know, God's got to be rich when he doesn't take anything. You know, sometimes when we go on trips, we take, you know, I don't know about y'all, but we don't like to fly. We like to drive because uh, uh, we can take more stuff. And I don't know why we take more stuff. We got more stuff to go on a two or three day trip than a person needs in two months. And I said, can we just take, take either the bathroom sink or the kitchen sink? Do we have to take everything? We take more stuff from the house that, that we never used. And but I, I guess it just makes you feel good that you got it. So if you go to the airlines, I mean, the luggage, you know, that we would have to pay for is more than the airline uh, trip to, to go there. So it's cheaper for us just to, you know, just to get in the car and go. And uh, and when the Lord takes you, like I say, I mean, he's so rich, he don't even take your toothbrush. He didn't take your shampoo. And like we just said, he don't even take your body. Amen. He's got this thing covered. Praise God. So Jesus came to reconcile us back to Jesus. Or Jesus came back and reconciled us and our relationship back to God and put us back in perfect harmony. So here's the the good news. Here's the message of, of, of Christmas. God is not upset. He's not upset. He's not angry with you. God's wrath has been appeased forever. Forever. Jesus did... A finished work, and the Bible says he sat down. He sat down. Amen. Until his enemies be made a footstool. Amen. And the last enemy to be put underfoot will be death. And death will be conquered for all time, forever and ever. And uh, so anyone who's not here with us is in your future. Amen. Forever and ever and ever. This is the shortest thing you ever, you're, you're ever ever going to do. I mean, we'll look back day and one laughed when we thought about you know, we were trying to stretch it out to live 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 120 years. I mean, <clears throat> in the millennium, someone who dies in the millennium, in the 100, the Bible says, we thought to be a child. So even if you lived 120, God's not It's like, wow. You know, I always said, you know, God's shoelaces and his Nike shoes are over 120 years old. So he's not that impressed with whatever. You ought to run your, you to run your race. You've got to finish your course and leave when you're satisfied. Hallelujah. If you get satisfied at 50, do what you want to. If you get satisfied, you're not satisfied, live on. So we got good news. God's not mad. He's not in a bad mood. He's not angry. He's not paying anybody back today. He paid it all in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesus paid the whole price for the whole world. And he's given you and I a ministry of reconciliation to go tell it. Yeah. The problem is, is you can't get most people to tell it. Hmm? Maybe, maybe we learned that in church somewhere. I mean, I grew up in a church, and I think if I did, you did. And um, I'm one of the very few people in the world who who wasn't raised Baptist. Uh, I was raised in a Pentecostal church. But maybe we learned not to tell our story so much because... Even during prayer times, I mean, you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. Or, But I think it's probably happening in your church. But they take prayer requests. If you have one, you can share it then we'll pray and agree with you. But then we had unspoken prayer requests. Anyone ever heard of an unspoken prayer request? What is that? What's an unspoken prayer request? I mean, could you imagine going to court and you need a, a settlement, you need some help from the judge. And he says, so what? what's your... What's your case today? Well, it's, uh, it's personal because it's, uh, it's, it's an unspoken request I have. Go to a restaurant and tell them you have an unspoken request for, for lunch. Tell the repairman when it comes to, uh, to fix something in the house. You say, well, it's just so personal. I need you to fix something, but it's, 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 it's going to be unspoken. Well, you know, Brother Hagin always said, that, you know, the problem with y'all doing that, he says, you're, you're coming to me with your unspoken prayer request. He says, you want me to pray, right? They says, oh, yeah, I need you to pray. I need you to pray. And he says, you, you want me to believe God? And they said, he said, they said, oh, yeah, I need you to believe God. He said, you want me to have faith, right? Oh, yeah, well, you have to have faith when you pray. He said, how do I have faith in something I don't even know what I'm having faith in? And they go like, you know, that don't make a lot of sense, does it? <laughs> He said, if you want me to be in faith, he says, I'm kind of kind of need some information. Well, see how tradition makes the word of God not effect? <clears throat> God had a spoken request. God had a spoken need. God had a spoken desire. God so loved the world, he spoke it out. Amen. And he demonstrated in Jesus. So <clears throat> if the whole church I wonder what would happen if the whole church, if the whole church, the redeemed of the Lord said so. What would the the world look like and what would the church look like if everyone matched our activity, what we're doing during the year? What we're doing on a daily basis? Would it would lives being be affected? Would people be hearing the, the story of the Christ? Would they hear that God's not mad, that God's not angry, that God so loved them? Well, it's time to come out of the secret service. Amen. (laughs) Amen. It's time to come out of your prayer closet. Some say, well, my ministry is in the closet. Well, so you ought to go to the closet, but you ought to come out of your closet. You go in your closet every day day and grab something out, right? and You put it on, you leave. You don't get dressed, do you? get it all fixed, and then you go in your closet and you shut the door and you stay there the rest of the day. No, Christianity is not, it's not a, a, a closet, you know, identity. It's going out in the world and sharing Christ. Amen? And there's so many ways to share Christ. It's, it's not this way. I mean, I've said it many times, but this is probably the most least effective way to share Christ. It's out being in the highways and the hedges. It's out sharing the testimony, you, you being the testimony of Christ. Amen. He say, "Well, I'm just not, you know, I I just don't know all the scriptures like you know them. Well, it only took one verse to get you saved. Hmm. You only need to know one verse to get someone saved, don't you? He you say, "Well, I don't know me I that mean. I I don't know that much. Of the devil's against me. Well, <laughs> the, the 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 devil's not that that big a deal. I mean, th- I mean, think about it. If he, it's so powerful." It, the Bible says that we were under his hold, right? We, by the, we were by nature the children of wrath. Because of Adam's transgression, we were the children of the devil. True? That's what Scripture said. People say, well, I, don't, I'm not, I was never the child of the devil. Yeah, you were. The Bible says you were through Adam's transgression. And all of hell's power couldn't stop losing this control on you with one verse. God so loved the world and you believed it and you confess Jesus is Lord. And with one verse, you broke all of his power. That don't sound like that powerful to me. Amen. So who are you talking to? Who are you going to tell? Who's going to hear the story? Now, it is true that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it's true that justice demanded punishment. But the truth is Jesus took all of our punishment for us, and God's wrath was completely satisfied, and God is not angry with people Not, you know this, and it's like preaching to the choir. I didn't grow up knowing this i mean i I, I grew up in the days of well we're, we're alive so I won't go there and these um and I, and I respect you know you know, people know what they know and they don't know what they don't know. But, you know, I grew up more in the fire Pentecostal holiness. God's watching more than Santa Claus. And it's not just naughty and nice. It's, you know, naughty and pay you back. Amen. And so, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I had a fear of God. The Mine wasn't just a respectful fear. I mean, I was just flat afraid of him. And, uh, you know, and... You know, when you don't know Jesus and, and you think God's just out to get you, I was afraid to close my eyes at night. I was always afraid, you know, the rapture was going to happen during the night. And, um, you know, and so I, I closed my eyes and, and hoped for the best because I needed to live life and live life and get, you know, do more things before I, I settled down into a boring Christian life. You know, I was still sowing what we call our wild oats. And having so much fun. Yeah. Hangovers are so fun. Staggering around and see three people, you're not sure which one is the real one, the one in the middle, the one on the right. That's just, that's so much fun. Amen. Waking up broke and busted and disgusted and with a black eye and not sure which one gave you the black eye. That's just a lot of fun. Amen. Thank God for Jesus. That's the that's the gospel message. So that's what the, the the angels were proclaiming. They were saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men." So they were declaring that God's not angry. There's peace now. There's shalom now. He's not upset with you. And Second uh, Corinthians five nineteen said he came to impute. That means to not hold our sins against us. Amen. Your account has been closed. It's been canceled. It's got a zero balance. It's like if you bought something and said, put that on my account, and then they write it down, but they never mail you the bill. Everything that we did was charged on Jesus' account, and he paid the price, and we owe nothing. Amen. That's That's good news, right? So, but the church, you know, still saying, you know, You need need to watch what you're doing, watch what you're saying, come to church, pay your tithe, read your Bible, do this, do that, and then you can appease maybe the wrath of God. Maybe then he won't hurt you or send you to the hospital. I mean, I I grew up in the church like that. And uh, I heard every Sunday out of Malachi that that if you didn't do this and do that, you were God robbers. And uh, God was going to get it out of you one way or another. There were a lot of farmers back then in that church. And God said, if you don't give your tithe, he'll get your cow, he'll get your chickens this week. Your tractor is going to blow a tire. Your, uh, your best truck, the motor is going to go. The transmission is going to drop. You're going to have a wreck. Your children's going to get sick. And, uh, <clears throat> and then they'd say, God's love. we think, really? <laughs> God's love. So it is right to give and it's right to tithe, right? But look at the motivation, how it was taught. See, that can't be a motivation out of a heart of love to give, right? For God so loves a cheerful giver. Well, we weren't given to the Father out of love. We were given out of fear. Actually, we were given more like to the Godfather. You know, where he says, You pay of the tithe, or I'm breaking your leg. You know, and that's and this, it was more like that. We was afraid of the Godfather. And uh, so we just thought, well, if we just give and we just show up for church, then maybe God will stay off our our case for one week. <laughs> that's religion. I said, that's religion. <laughs> Amen. We're in a better covenant Amen. with better promises. Amen. Um, we're going to take communion here in just a, a few minutes, but before we get there. Um, I wanted to read this uh, to you. Uh, I think I got it right here. Yeah. This is prophesied by Isaiah. In Isaiah 9, 6, it said, For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and he'll be called the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Everlasting peace. Upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment, with justice, from henceforth, from here and ever, and the zeal of the Lord, of host will perform this. So his government shall never end; his peace shall never end. And uh, one of the things that we read that the angels talked about was the joy of the Lord. You know, the Bible says Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy. The oil of joy. That's what stands out. That should stand out about believers, Christians, is their peace and their joy. It's kind of one way to know where you are in life, whether you're in faith or not. I always say it's like looking at your, your, your car. You know, you're looking at the tachometer, you're looking at the fuel gauge, maybe the oil the, and uh, all these gauges. Well, in, in your life, to know whether you're in faith, you ought to look at your joy level and you ought to look at your peace level. If you start running hot, then maybe it's not. But what we possess is the joy of the Lord. I'm gonna try that again. What we possess is the joy of the the Lord. Yeah, well, that's that's not that's not that good, really. I didn't say what we're looking for Christmas. We hope to get in the new year. Right now, we're called to the place of the joy of the Lord. So God put that in you. It's, it's, it's in your spirit. You ought to get it out. You ought to dig in there and get it. You ought to look in the pantry. You know, you look in something so I say, I, I know I got it in there, or a certain spice, and then you find it, and you add that spice to it. If you look on the inside, you'll find joy. It's, it's in there. And, it may, and, and you may have it all covered up. I mean, you may have mothballs all over it. But you ought to pull it out. So we possess the joy of the the Lord. Now, did you get that? You possess joy, but it's the joy of the the Lord. The, Lord. the Lord's happy. Amen. The Lord's ecstatic. Amen. He just about can't hardly stand himself this morning. Amen. And uh, I I think he has to be you know real careful because he gets excited and does his hands like this. I mean, he could create ten thousand more universes and, and not even want universes. Just I mean, you know, with the blast of his nostril moving the finger, he split the red sea. So if he ever goes like this, and there's just no telling what's going to happen. Amen. He might slap all the angels around him, knock him over into 14 other worlds. He has to be real careful when he moves his hand, the hand of the Lord. So you and I possess the joy of the Lord. It's on the inside. What we want to do at this point is dig it out. We want to dig it out. Proverbs 7.22 says, A merry heart does good like a medicine. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. A what does? A merry heart. Works good like a medicine. We watched a a few months ago, we watched a a video about a woman. Actually, she was a Raymond graduate, and she met a guy, she was from France, and she came over here and she met a guy who graduated from Andrew Wantley School. What's the name? Audra Merrick. Yeah. And she, she found out she had bone cancer. And the Holy Spirit told her she did. He said, do you have cancer in your body? And um, the guy that she married, uh, his first wife had passed, so he wanted to go to the doctor, so she did. But the Holy Spirit gave her, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the directions. I'm giving you instructions how to handle this. And many of the things he gave her was to do a joy because she had a She's had some things that went on in her life when she got remarried, and the family wasn't ready to accept her. Uh, it had been a couple of years since his wife had passed, but they were kind of giving her the cold shoulder. And here she was, an American, had this promise, you're going to have a family one day and a home and all this kind of stuff. And she kind of wasn't accepted in the family, and it really got, in, it really got into her and began to work in her bones. You, you, you have to watch what you're letting in. And so he, this is one of the scriptures, I think, that he gave her. And he says, uh, Audrey, he said, a Mary heart would do good like in medicine, and you need to take your medicine. So he says, you need to get up every morning. And so she went, and they confirmed that she had bone cancer. And so they gave her all these things, and they had all these tests. So she said she, she had like five scriptures, and he gave her instructions. She said, these are my instructions, not yours. He, says, tell, he said, there's five people in the world that you can tell about this and tell nobody else only five people that you can tell to believe with you because you don't want to just tell everybody. Hmm. You see, words can work for you or against you. So when you get a long chain, you're going to get some links in that chain. And there's some people who've never seen miracles uh, like that before, and there's no telling what they're praying over you. So some things it's just better not to tell anybody about. Amen. But someone that you trust that you can share with, that will believe with you, as you. Amen. And you say, well, I mean, I, it's, it's going to be, you know, especially if you need something, there's nothing major to God. A headache's no difference, you know, than replacing an organ. Uh, uh, creative miracles is just something that's growing, that used to be there, that's not there. So I think I said this Wednesday. It, a, a creative miracle in the most basic sense is you have a creative miracle every day. How many of you ever had a haircut? How many of you think you might get another one one day? There's three or four. You need one right now. No, i No. kidding. No, <clears throat> did your hair grow back? How does it do that? Anyone ever had their nails trimmed or the tone? Uh, y'all, y'all do them claw dads every now and then in your shoes because they'll rip your socks out. But anyway, rip your sheets. But have you ever noticed that when you clip your nails, they grow back? You know what that is? It's a creative miracle. When your hair grows out. It's for you men when you shave and if it comes back, that's a creative miracle. So if you have anything that was inside that's not working as it should or it's gone, guess what? Just look at it like hair. Hmm? We're like searching for some deep mystery about a, we need a creative miracle. Well, let's go to Genesis chapter one. God said it was dark. He wanted light. So he says, he just spoke light. Now, if you're some of those, I'm digging deep between the between the lines to find out how to do it. Well, here's what you need to know: there's nothing between the lines. Just read the line. Yeah, but he said, "Let there be light." I'm digging into that. Now, just let there be light, right? I mean, if you order a pizza, just give me your address. There's nothing to dig into. Order what you want. And give them your address. There's there's no there's no deep secret into the address. They'll find you, you know, with GPS, right? So he said, a merry heart will do you good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. The good word translation says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but depression drains your strength. So if you want to be depressed this time of year, you can be. If you want your strength drained and you want your bones drying up. (laughs) Hee hee. So... Archie said she had to get up every morning, and three, four times a day, she had. She said how to go hee hee ha ha ho ho hoo hoo, hee hee ha ha ho ho hoo hoo. And so, they said, "Well, did you actually feel the joy?" She said, "No, I felt pain." She said, "I hurt everywhere. My bones hurt everywhere. Everything in me was hurting." She said, "Technically, I had bone cancer." She says, "And I was sick, and I couldn't eat, and I couldn't, I couldn't move around." She said. It's like someone who might have uh fibromyalgia but much worse. So she said, "No, I didn't feel like going ha 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 hoo hoo, hoo hee he ha hoo hoo." But see, medical science has found out that that your body actually doesn't know whether you're actually in joy, huh? Or put in other words, if it's if it's real from the heart or whether it's a put on. See, so Put it on. The Bible says put on the new man. You're supposed to be a put on. You're supposed to be a put off and a put on. Put some things off, drive sickness and disease out. A merry heart does good like your medicine. A joyful heart is good medicine, but depression drains one's strength. So doctor prescribes a medication with instructions, and he tells us how much to take and when to take it. He tells you whether to take it before meals or after meals, doesn't he? And we just do it. We don't know what's in it. We don't know how it works. We just do it. It's like taking your car to a mechanic. So I had to replace this and I had to adjust that. I don't even know what he's talking about. All I know is it was doing this. I took it there. He's fixed it and it's working. Amen. And are you good with that? As long as he knows what he's doing. It's like uh, a few months ago, and I was at the, uh, I was having some was at the chiropractor at the, at the rehab, and he does a certain move, and he's, I said, uh, I said, do you think by now I'd remember what I'm supposed to do on this, you know, I'm gonna cross this leg, and you're gonna pull that arm over, and you're gonna pop this in. He says, he said, I don't worry about it. He says, as long as I remember, it don't really matter. and I thought you know that's right I don't have to you know I mean I've done it so many times it looks like I would you know I get on the machine and go ahead before he gets to the room and I'm already you know like he says is it this armor? he said it don't matter as long as I remember (laughs) it doesn't matter amen so we do this every day in our our daily routine don't we that we we go by the doctor's orders we take what he said when we say we don't know how it works we just take your ha ha's he who, who who's, ho ho, whatever that you have to do. What are you doing? You're driving sickness out. You're driving pain out. You're you're, you're driving disease out of your body. Amen. Now we know according to Galatians five twenty two, joy is the fruit of the born again spirit. Joy is. This is a, this is the time of joy. But the, uh, the passion translation of Genesis five twenty two says, but the fruit produced by the spirit is within you. is divine love and its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, strength of spirit, never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. Amen. There's no limit to these fruit. There's no limit to the, 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 the power of the fruit of joy. Amen. But what people have, the reason why they don't have joy is because they're living by their circumstance instead of who they are. And they, and they, and they, they want to be happy. They want to they have joy, but they got a problem that's called destination disease. Destination disease. In other words, well, I will be happy when blank happens. Fill in the blank, but whatever you think is the key for the joy to begin. People say, "Well, when I get married one day, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll have joy." All the married people said, "Amen." When we have children, we'll be full of joy. All the married people with children said, "Uh-huh." When I get my first home, my, my first car, I get more money. When I retire, when the kids leave, <laughs> Amen. I'll be full of joy. The mindset is called destination disease. See, so you're you're putting off to another day, to another day, what's available to you right now, because we're tied. We're tying the world's way of thinking of joy and happiness, the one that Jesus actually brought us, true peace and true joy that came through Christ. We're putting it in the circumstances of life. Everyone in this building today listening has something in their life that they would like to change right now. Is that right? And everyone listening and watching by Facebook, you have something that you would like to go away today The problem is that's, if that's where our focus is, our focus is not on truth. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Anything the Holy Spirit ever speaks is absolute truth. Other translations say he is the spirit of truth, which means he is the spirit of reality. So no matter what you're seeing or not seeing or feeling or not feeling, If it's not according to what God has already provided for us in Christ Jesus, then simply what's happening is not true. Now, we're not not denying and say, well, I got got a pain in my neck or I got a pain in my whatever. And we and we we were kidding about this the other day. I mean, I know it's silly, but if you said, if you said, uh, I was talking about Scott, we had his accident and fell off and broke his elbow. Then he went on a cruise and ran into another ship, but anyway, that's all right. It's was like, y'all stay home anyway. Hallelujah. Um, I said, well, Scott, when you fell off and you broke your elbow, I, that had to hurt for a while. And he, he's like, yeah, remember that? I said, so when, you, when you, you had all that pain in your elbow, did it make you, the thought come say, oh, no, the rapture is not true. No. I said, did you ever have the thought? Anyone ever stub their toe? Hurt yourself? get a boo-boo and ouchie? You ever have to hold your foot and pray in tongues? <laughs> Thank God we, didn't, we don't use the tongues that we used to use when we did that. We got those unknown tongues. Before, there was full interpretation. <laughs> and and, and the old person that we used to be. But when you hurt yourself, or if you have a pain in your body right now, does that pain make you doubt the fact that there's a heaven? Or that there's a rapture? So why would we not believe a promise because of a problem? Why would we let go of the prom of any promise because of any problem? Hallelujah. So don't put off. Jesus came to bring you joy. He came back to reconcile you back to God. He's the gift to the world. He won't need to be exchanged the day after Christmas. You say, well, I need to check my size. He's one size fits all. Amen. He's something that never needs to be refunded. Don't go for a refund. And if you go for a refund, you know, you, you better love barbecue. Well done for a long time. But anyway, he's the best gift. So let's do not be happy when something happens. Let's be happy, let's be happy right now. Well, my, my so-and-so did this, and my parents this, or my kids that, and my grandkids this. They'll grow up. Amen, they'll grow up. Amen, they will. I know sometimes, I know I've raised four kids, and they, they, they used to tell a joke, you know, that they thought during their teen years, and now they did come suck their brains out and took them somewhere, but, and, and now they're praying to bring them back. They'll, they'll, they'll do it. I remember uh, a few years ago, and, uh, you, know, you know, and having some situations uh, physically where I never really had done this. I mean, you know, have stuff, but I mean, not really challenging stuff. And I was you know, a few years ago and I was looking out the window like all day long, reading the Bible, but looking out the window all day long. And I thought and I had this most startling realization. And uh, and I thought. Oh, my gosh. And it made me realize sitting out the, looking out a window all day long for days and weeks. I said, this was the age my mother was when I started a carpet store in Selma and we drove 62 miles a day there and back. And I probably drove 150 more miles a day doing estimates while I heard my dad was running the store in their 50s. And I did that to her six days a week, running up and down the road. I said, I was only 25, <laughs> 25 years old. And I got, and see, and, and I finally I, I, I'd reached a point to where I was dealing with something. I thought, I wonder if she ever felt like this. And I, was, and I was dragging her up and down the road six days a week. Well, you see, I, I lived long enough to say, oh, that's what they're talking about. That's what's going on here. So <clears throat> go ahead and, and be happy right now no matter what they're doing or not doing or what they're saying, they're not saying. Amen. They'll come around or they can catch me, they find me. Hallelujah. I don't, it, it really doesn't make no difference. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter if they don't get it right here, they'll be right in heaven forever. It doesn't, doesn't make no difference. This is just so temporary what we're doing down here. Amen. How many already claimed all your kids for heaven? So I'm just telling you that they're not going to get any rest. They're not going to get a bit of rest. Uh, what was the guy, Roland Buck? You remember him? wrote the, the, uh, the uh, Francis and Charles Hunter forwarded their book about angels on assignment. And they said, if you have claimed your child for God, I'm telling you what. He said, the angels are going to stay on their case. He's going he's to make them go round and round the rosy bush so many times till they're dizzy. The Bible said, well, they got a free will. He said, yeah. God said, yeah. They got he said, yeah, they got a free will. He said, but I'm going to run in a circle so long, it, it's going to look good for them to find me. He says, so if you claim them and you believe it for me, just get ready to see them one day. If they don't ever do it right here, they'll get these, they're they're coming. Amen. So you ought to claim every one of your children. I said, I claim my children, all my family, and my grandchildren, my loved ones, for God. They'll never die, never spend a day, well, they'll die, but they'll never spend a day in hell. I claim them for heaven. We're going to populate heaven and plunder hell. So, ha ha on you, devil. Hi, there you go. So, the, the, they may have to go around in circles. Israel had to do it for 40 years. They just wandered in circles, wandered in circles, wandered in circles, wandered in circles. That just makes you kind of dizzy just doing that. Hallelujah. That's not the Holy Ghost that was the. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 Woo! Uh, <clears throat> little white stars everywhere. <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah, so they're just going round and round and round in circles. And then uh, Moses left and Joshua took over. And guess what? Between being in the land of not enough and to the land of the promised land, there had to be just one day, just one step. I mean, somewhere, there's a different landlines, but if you get on the interstate or different, or different areas, there is, you're either in Chilton County, and then one more step, you're in Shelby County. And you can see Chilton County from back there. Or you can sit here and you can see Shelby County from there. You can have destination disease right here. Then you can walk over here and say, I don't have that disease anymore. Huh? Well, they're not doing right. Focus is on the wrong thing. Hallelujah. Just go ahead like like Paul when he met King Agrippa, and said, hey, no big deal. Just because they got me in chains for doing nothing? Just because they beat me a Jew and they had no right to beat a Jew? He said, I just think myself happy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just have yourself a, you know, it's like going down in the, in the cookie aisle and say, well, there's the Oreos and you can't decide. They got all the flavors now. They got the one, you know, just the resin ones with the vanilla cream and they got, the, they got the pink ones and they got the mint green ones and they got the yellow ones and all that. And say, which one are you going to get? And I said, I'll take them home to Side later. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm gonna do that again one day. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Until right now I'm still doing tuna fish. But anyway, hallelujah. <laughs> lots of lettuce. Lots and lots and lots of lettuce. Hallelujah. The circumstances play a big role in your emotions, don't they? Don't let them drive your life. Don't let them dictate your life. Someone said, I thought this was a Christmas message. It is. I'm I'm, I'm releasing Christ. Not Santa Claus. See, Santa Santa Claus is the law. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. According to the song, if you're naughty, you're off the list. It's the same thing as the man sending you to hell. Right? He's making a list, checking it twice. He's going to find out if you've been naughty or nice. Well, I've been naughty a few times this year. But thank God I'm still the righteous God in Christ Jesus. I'm blood bought and blood washed. Hallelujah. There's no remembrance of my wrongdoing. I just got a couple family members who think about it. But other than that, I don't pay no attention to them anyway. Hallelujah, they'll come along. Glory to God. I'm having more fun than I've ever had in my life. I am. You know why? I don't care anymore. Part of just age, when you get near 60, you don't care about a whole lot anymore. I'm not 60, but I can see it pretty close from where I'm at. So, so there's just not a whole lot you care lot, a whole lot about more. It, it's taken me a lot less words to say what I used to say in my 30s and 40s. I can just get there just that fast. What do you think about? It? Nope. I have I have four or five six people in my life will come here every time they get a major problems I'm glad to see them but after a week or two I don't ever see them again where are you at see the answer is in the book all the time hallelujah you know it's like the church become the crisis hotline well, it's not a crisis hotline hallelujah just come on and find out who you are and get busy Roll up your sleeve. The reason why they're unhappy, you know the reason why they're unhappy? And I told someone this this week, and they, they didn't like it when I said it. I've told many people this. I said, the reason why most people are depressed, even if it's clinical depression, is because you're self-centered. If you're depressed, you, you say, it's my depression. Why do you want to own it? Right? How many of y'all own a skunk? Anybody ever wanted a pet skunk? No one has a pet skunk here. Do you want one? Are you hoping for one for Christmas? What's the major reason why you don't want a skunk? They what? They stink. So So you're not claiming one, right? So why claim anything that stinks? So when I'm depressed about my circumstance, see, this is destination disease. I'm waiting to be happy when they do this, I do this, this changes, the money comes in, all that, you know, all this, I'm waiting for that. Go ahead and get happy right now. Count it all joy, right? Now, Jesus looked on the other side of the cross and found his joy. He wouldn't find no joy in the cross, right? Hebrews said he looked on the other side. He was happy to please the Father. He knew the outcome of this whole thing, so he had to look past the cross to the joy. Can't no one be happy about being crucified? Like, yeah, I mean, I just love me some nails. No, you don't. Who wants to be nailed to anything? I mean, I, I got a little splinter in my hand, and it kind of hurts sometimes. I want to dig it out. <clears throat> so I don't even a little splinter. I know I don't want someone nailing me to something. How many think that you would have been crucified for the world and you would went through with it? I don't think I'd have done it. You know, it'd be nice to think we would do it. But I see some man walking to me with nails in his hand and a a hammer, and I can call angels, hey, (laughs) they're down here, and y'all aren't redeemed. Amen. Men don't like pain anyway. Hallelujah. So Paul said in Philippians 4, 10, 11, he said, I've learned in whatever state I am. He said, Alabama or, or, or any other state. To be content, I know, he said, how to be abased, and I know how to abound. He said, I've learned how to handle the circumstances of life. He knew how to be happy regardless of his circumstances. Do y'all? Matthew 18, 2 to 4 says, unless you are converted and you become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Converted means you change. Right? You adapt yourself. As a child, with your attitude, did you know that psychologists say that children laugh up to four hundred times a day? How many have worked with children? Y'all have in the nursery. How many think be silly, giggle about nothing all the time? <laughs> like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Children laugh 400 times a day. <clears throat> While they say adults laugh sometimes 15 times per day. And I think a lot of them don't make 15 or the five. They say when people become older, something happens to them to decrease laughter. That comes mostly from stress. So Jesus said, you need to become like a child. Right? Laughter is proven to enhance, proven, your longevity, your health, your mental well-being, and your strength, and give you better hair. Amen? So if you're going bald, get happy. You might create new cells somewhere. Hallelujah. Now, if you're a woman and you've got facial hair, you need to stop all that laughing. That's just too much, you know. Maybe you're laughing all the time. <laughs> Until that works, get you a good razor. I mean, that'd, just, that'd, that'd be my thing. i If my friends can't tell the difference between me and my wife, I mean, we're we, we going to have to find some shaving cream somewhere. How to leave. <laughs> but, to, it, but this is scientific. It's true. Laughter is proven to enhance your longevity. People who are happy, who laugh, live longer. Glory to God. Uh, a merry heart does good like a medicine. remember? And a, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. A lot of times that's all your bones needs is a good laugh. You say, man, my so-and-so hurts. Man, my knee hurts. Man, my foot hurts. Man, my back hurts. Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. He hee. Hee. <laughs> that's the way you start. Now, to the mind, see, it's foolish, right? But the body doesn't know what's going on. So the body releases chemicals that says... Oh, we need to release some chemicals, and it, and it finds the place. Now, think about this. It finds the place. Now, let's be honest with you. How many ever took a, a, an aspirin, a Tylenol, a buffer, an ibuprofen, something for pain? Yeah. Right? I mean, it could be a headache, right? But you could hurt your back somewhere. Uh, how, how, how does that? I mean, do, do you talk to the Tylenol? I say, now, it's, it's not in my head. That was yesterday. Um. I'm hurt right in here, right? right. So I'm going to swallow you and I want you to go right there. Have you ever told Tall not where to go to? I, I mean, I've never done that. I mean, I've taken something. I didn't need you to go like from here all the way up to right in here. A real quick like. <laughs> so you never talked to your medicine after you took it? And gave it directions? That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? How does it know how to find it? So, when you release the ha ha, he he, ho ho, see your brain, God made it, you're fearfully, wonderfully made, you are actually releasing chemicals and endorphins that doesn't know that you tricked them. And they, and they says uh, search and rescue mission. They say, hey, Bob, come here, I found some pain over here in L3. And they send it over there. And you're like, man, that feels better. Ha, hee, ho, 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 ha ha he ho and for long you're singing a song to the Lord. Ha ha he he ho 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 <laughs> Huh? This is a good Christmas message. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Glory. Now here's the book. Now if you can stand this, y'all try to keep your applause down. <laughs> Nehemiah. <laughs> well, I don't know if he was kin to Obadiah. Is Obadiah a man or woman? Y'all don't know, do A uh, woman, I think. I thought I thought it was a he for a long time. I wasn't sure, but anyway. <laughs> Nehemiah eight ten says, "The joy of the Lord." Is your strength? How many of you believe the Bible? The joy of the what? How many of y'all believe the Bible? Now, that's, that's a simple promise, right? But how many of y'all could use some strength, to be honest with you? I can. Boy, I can. How to leave. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I can use some strength. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just, this is not, uh, you know, giving a lower waist. Hallelujah. I fixed the lower waist already. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Man, wouldn't it be cool if the Bible was true? I mean, it, it, it'd be so awesome if, if, the, if these words weren't sermons and they were true. Man, if that was just a true verse. If there was actually truth to this, then, well, is it True. Well, look at that. The joy of the Lord is your strength. His joy is your strength. Here's the question Are you low on strength? Well, then you're low on joy. Ha 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 He 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 he. Ho 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 ho. That's the only thing Santa Claus got going for him. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> ain't nothing else you can believe about no story. Ain't no one that fat gets down no chimney, eats all the cookies, and then has you know something to pull him back up. But he's but he's known for his laugh, ain't he? Doesn't he? he? He has a what? A belly laugh. Y'all know what a belly laugh is, don't you? I mean, I mean it comes right down from here. See, it, it, that really parts really scripture. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living, bubbling laughter. Ha, 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 Y'all to trick your body with me. Ha, 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 ha. You on Facebook. You ought to trick yourself right there in your living room. You, know, you about tripped out anyway. You ought, to, you ought to be here. Instead of watching me, you ought to be here. Ha 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 ha! Well, I didn't wake up feeling too good. Well, you don't even wonder how I woke up feeling this morning. Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah! Ha 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 ha! He he he! Ho ho ho! Ha ha ha! He he he! Now you're ready to jump up and down the chimney. I mean, you got to have a lot of joy to want to be, if Santa Claus is real, you want to wanna jump in a slave or reindeer and, and want to drive over Verbena and slap out and all that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> I mean, you got to go to slap out, right? I mean, you won't be there long, but, but you got to go. <laughs> Ain't much joy in that. And, you know, if Santa Claus, you can't be racist. You got to go to Mexico. In Mexico City, there's 26 million people. That's a lot of work, dude. That's a lot of cookies, dude. If you like cookies, hallelujah. And I don't even know what their cookies taste like. Do you? What if they spicy and they're hot. I bet part of I, I bet he has a bag of tums behind him. And that's the reason why he comes only once a year. He's sick the rest of the year. <laughs> has diarrhea for like seven months. You would too. <coughs> Get your fast self down the fireplace and met by a Doberman pincher. <laughs> <laughs> joy, of Lord, your strength. Hallelujah. Now, God's intelligent. How many believe that? He could have chose anything to be the strength and agent of the church, but somebody chose joy. I mean, this is God's choice. He says, he says now, we're gonna, they're going to need strength. And they, I mean, this is an intelligent God, and he chose joy to do it with. Let's strengthen their body and their bones and their cells and their tissue and their organs. Let's use joy to do it. <laughs> well, see, to the analytical mind, when you're in pain, you ain't thinking joy, right? When you go to a dentist, are you thinking joy? And he says, we're going to extract that. We're going to pull that out, and we're going to have to saw it off right here. And then we're going to pull a little bit and saw it some more. And thinking, ah, hey. well, that's why they give you laughing gas. I took Chad years ago. Oh my gosh, and uh, they got through with him. He's up on 280, and he had to have one extracted. Uh, what do you call him? Not a general, not a general dentist, but a, what do you call him? Oral surgeon. Oral surgeon. And that gas hadn't quite wore off. And I, I thought he was following me back to the car. And, 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 and he, was, he was going in every little room thanking everybody. He said, You're a good man. Thank y'all. You're a good nurse. Mm, love y'all. Y'all do good work here. I'm going to come back and see y'all again. And I'm like, I said, I've seen my son. She said, It, it ain't wore off. And she said, He's in there thinking. And she, and he's, he, she said, He's in there hugging the dentist. And I said, I, I'm so sorry I went and got him. I had to him. I said, Come here. <laughs> Amen. That's the kind of stuff you want to bottle up and take home, don't you? I mean, some of y'all got to meet some people Wednesday that you ain't that happy with meeting. You. You're like, can I get a little of that before we go? Well, hey, darling, how are you? Ha <laughs> ha. Good to see you again. I wouldn't know you, if wasn't that dress you was wearing last time I saw you four years ago. Hallelujah. Romans 15, 13 says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in your believing. Have you looked at that verse? May the God of all hope fill you with what? Joy and peace. And then you believe him. So I'm a strong. Brother West, I'm a strong believer. <laughs> we know all things are possible with God. Good God. And when they say God, you just know they believe it. You're seeing when someone say God Pastor Buzz, he said, "They say God." He said, "Their head looks as big as a Shetland pony." Remember that? <laughs> I don't know where he got that Arkansas saying. He says, "You know," he said, "They say God," he said, and it looked like a Shetland pony. He said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said "It looked like they've been drinking deal pickle juice a whole gallon jug up." So oh, we're bleeding God. <laughs> That's awesome. He said, you ain't convinced me yet. I know you ain't convinced him. <laughs> Hallelujah. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and all peace and all believing. So if you're a believer, man, you packed on peace. You jammed on joy. You got JJ, jam joy and PP, pack peace. Hallelujah. And saying May the God of all hope fill you with all joy in believing. So our joy and emotions are tied to what you believe. I'm leaving God ain't mad today. I don't think it's happy holidays or Xmas. Hallelujah. I don't care who they impeached. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's running this show. The church is running this show. It's going, to, it's going to turn out like we say it's going to turn out. Hallelujah. He said, Whatever the church binds on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever they loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. The church will decide this thing. You say, Well, it's going to go to the Senate. It ain't going to go to no Senate until we, till we send it there. I don't need no Pelosi or no Schumer or nobody to decide what's going to do what. We'll decide what's going to happen. Hallelujah. And that's where it'll go down. We'll put in who needs to be put in, and we'll take out who needs to be put out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He, 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 ha, 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 ha. Ho, 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 ho. See, that's the only thing Santa Claus had right was the ho hos That's all he's got. And you know it's got to hurt sometimes when you, when you fly in a sleigh 700 miles an hour and it's foggy and you hit one of them cell phone towers. <laughs> you know, it's three in the morning and the reindeer's already wore a slap out. <laughs> and you go on 700 miles an hour and you hit that cell tower and you just know it jarred his teeth. Just... Ain't no telling what his spine looks like, you know, jumping up and down chimneys and fighting dopamine pinchers and pit bulls and all that kind of stuff. Hallelujah. Thank God I'm through my introduction now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Philippians 4, 4-7, we'll finish here and receive communion. He says, Rejoice in the Lord every now and then. And again, I say rejoice. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. That's a tall order. Be anxious for nothing. That means take care about Nothing. Hallelujah. See, this, this will make you a better soul winner, that one verse. Now, no one ever talked about the soul winning. One reason why we don't want to soul win, well, we just don't know what we'd say. Well, they don't either. Well, we, we don't know if it w- what we say would be right. Well, they don't have the script. <laughs> you got the script, right? So how do they know if it's right or wrong? I mean, I used to be in like network marketing and I, I had a sales plan, I had a show and all that, and uh, I showed it to thousands of people in years. Amen. Had hundreds of people in, in, in an organization. Amen. And the, the first 15 times, been trying to present it, I was scared, I was nervous. And I'm like, I, I can't remember when you get this level, do you make $813? And if you go, I mean, how many people? And then uh, my sponsor told me, he says, forget about all that. He says, I said, well, now, the owners who started it was Jay, Rich DeVos, and Jay Van Andel. Yeah. But I got them all mixed up. I said Rich and Van Andel and Jay DeVos. The two founders, I just got their, I got their last name mixed up. But you know what? The people I showed it to, they didn't know Rich or Jason. They didn't know their name was mixed up. <laughs> they didn't know if they was going to make $813, $318, or $740, or 2, $2.1 million. So I could tell anything I want to. Amen. I was showing it one time when I was in Selma, and uh, I was sitting with a guy, and, and I could tell I lost him. He's like, I said, he ain't interested. Ain't no need, ain't no need wasting his time, no my time. I was in Amway business. That's twenty-something years old, and I'm sitting there, and we had several people in the group, in the organization. And I said, I got four or five men out here in my group showing this thing tonight. So whether my guy gets said, no, that doesn't really matter. My, my group's growing no matter what this guy does. So I'm sitting there showing him the thing, and. All of a sudden, he just lost all of his attention, and I said, um, "I was just calling Jack." I said, "Jack," I said, uh, "Why don't we just stop here?" He says, "Why?" I said, "Well, I mean, it's obvious that you're not interested." Well, I've only went through two levels. When you do this, you start making two hundred, and when you get up here, you'd be making six hundred, and I mean, I'm, I'm headed up into the hundreds of thousands. <clears throat> but after I got past like three or four hundred dollars. He just kind of quit listening to me. I said, well, I mean, you know, I mean, I said, this is not for everybody, so we might as well just stop here. He said, no, man, I'm, I'm all in. I said, you, you are? <laughs> you are? He said, yeah. He said, well, I'm sorry. He said, uh, you said I could start making $600 a month. I said, yeah. Back here. He's back on step two, number 14. When he found out he could make $600 a month, he was all in. And I was using the board and easel to show this thing. You know, the whole plan. He said, I said, well, you've just been staring off in space. He said, well, I'm just figuring if I'm going to do this I gotta do what you do." And, I, and He said, I've been trying to figure out where I'm going to get one in board and <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, this guy ain't interested. And, and he, he's already down, you know, at the office department, you know, uh, Office Depot trying to find him a board and easel. <laughs> and uh, so... You have the script, right? You have the script. They don't know. So it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Just like Emily, you know, for her birthday, that was a different kind of prayer request. She wanted, what, 21 people saved. I didn't even ask you how it turned out. Did it work out? Yeah, that's awesome. I want to ask for a show of hands. Anyone got 12 people here saved this year? Ooh. That's, that's, that's for your birthday. Hallelujah. But had a goal and went for it. 12 people who will never know hell. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just because someone got proactive. You realize if everyone did that, we'd be out here real fast? Amen. We cover the population, we'd be out here. So Paul's writing this letter to the Philippians, and he's writing it from jail. And he said, uh, he says, be careful about nothing. Be anxious about nothing. God is at hand. Roll all you care upon the Lord. Last two verses, Psalm 1611 said, in his presence there's fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. So your, your joy increases the joy that you are to have it increases in the in the greater realm of his presence in worship and praise and in the word. Amen. Romans 4:17 says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but the kingdom of God is what righteousness, peace and joy in the holy ghost. Well, if I was a preacher I'd say righteousness, uh, peace uh, Enjoy, Ow. in the Holy Ghost, right? The kingdom of God's what? Righteousness. Right. You're right with God. We're the righteous of God. The kingdom of God is peace. How's your peace? The kingdom of God is joy. How's your joy? Hallelujah. You know, one of the reasons why you have to have a new body in heaven is because this body can't handle heaven's atmosphere. It just can't. You have to have a spirit body in heaven to handle the atmosphere and the glory of God and the joy of the Lord. The joy is so strong in heaven that your mortal body can't take it. It'd be like God tying you down with four hand grenades and pulling the pin. Your natural body would blow to smithereens just because there's so much joy. Hallelujah. That You've got to have a new body just to handle joy. You ever been tickled? You ever have someone, you laugh so much that your ribs hurt? That's what happened in heaven. If you don't get a new spirit being, a, a new body, spirit body, your body can't even handle the joy factor. Ha, 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 ha. <coughs> he, 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 he. Ho, 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 ho. Let me see if there's one thing on here before we receive communion. Uh, if they haven't got one, would you serve the, the people of their communion? It says the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve, and as he did eat, he said, Verily thou saying to you, one of you will betray me, and they were exceedingly sorrowful. And began, every one of them and said unto him, Lord, is it I? And he said, It is he that dippeth his hand with me in the dish. The same shall betray me. The Son of Man goes, as is written of him. But woe unto the man, the Son of God, the Son of Man who has betrayed it. It has been good for that man if he would never been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink you all of it. For he said, This is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the many of the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until the day which I shall drink it new with you in the Father's kingdom. So they took the they took the bread. We know the, the bread represents what? The body of Jesus that was beaten and bruised and tormented and wounded for you. Wounded for you. So we take the body and we break it like this. Of the broken body of Jesus. We know that by his stripes we were healed. We know that healing is the children's bread. Right? There's no healing properties in this. Substance right here. But we know 1 Corinthians 11 says, there's many that die sick and weakly among you because they didn't properly discern the Lord's body. Well, to properly discern the Lord's body, we have to understand who He is and who He is in us and what He did for us, how He gave His body as a sacrifice. Amen. You know, what the enemy will try to do, he'll try to take your body and make it a weapon against you. He will. he say, you feel that, you don't feel that no more. You feel this, you feel all that. So he'll take that and try to use pain to make it a weapon against you. We've been weaponized. This is one way that believers receive their healing without even the laying on of hands. As we take this properly discerning in the Lord's body that he was wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquities. You know, and I, Matthew eight seventeen said it was him. He Jesus fulfilled the prophet of Isaiah, saying himself took our infirmities and he bore our sickness. First Peter two twenty four. He looked back to the cross and and said he gave his own body on the tree. Right, he was crucified on my behalf. God punished his own son for me. Amen. And it pleased the Lord to bruise him. by whose whose stripes we were healed. So we take the bread and we put it in our mouth. We receive the healing power of Jesus, the resurrection life of Jesus. We take the juice which represents the shed blood of Jesus for the remission of our sins. This is the God who's not mad. This is the God who's not angry. This is the God who's not upset. This is the God who holds nothing against you. This is the God who reconciled you back to himself. This is the God who made you holy and righteous and blameless before him. And when we drink of the juice, we drink of his blood. And and it testifies we are blood bought. We are blood bought. That we are not up for ransom and the devil can't buy us. God holds the title on us. Glory to God. We're children of the kingdom of the Most High. Our name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If we could see the Lamb's Book of Life, you could turn into your name, and it would have your name, but it would be written in red in the blood of Jesus Christ. This is for the family of God. Drink. I declare I'm healthy, and I'm whole, and I'm healed. Top of my head, the soles of my feet. I receive the healing power of Jesus. In my body, in my soul, in my mind, and in my emotions. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm full of joy. In his presence, I'm full of joy. And I'm in his presence. And he's in me. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm so happy, I think I could laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Ha 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 ha. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Amen. Wish you a Merry Christmas. We call you blessed. Be a blessing to those around you. Blessing to your family. Those who you come in contact with, we don't ever know who you're meeting. So if you get a chance, just be aware. Just don't get so caught up in the activities that what you got planned that you don't notice people that you don't, sometimes your people who don't know what you don't know, this is the saddest time of their life. I don't know if you know this or not, but other than July the 4th, there's more deaths in the United States in July the 4th than any of the holiday. The second leading cause of death is during the holidays. Not just because people are traveling, but it's also, it's not just because uh, diet or people eating too much, all those, those things can trigger something for some people, but it's, it's an emotional time for some people. Amen. If we have loved ones that's not here, they're in heaven. They're in good shape. I tell you this, but they're not missing you. That's right. I mean, they're just not. I always say it this way. If they're running around in heaven with Kleenex missing us, they overbuild heaven a whole lot. Right? Jesus has fulfilled every one of their needs. They are already totally complete. We are too. But they have the completion of the completion. Hallelujah. And if they've been there a year, two years, or 10 years, I'm talking about, uh, uh, the Lord said a, a day is a thousand years, a thousand years is the day. So if they've been there a thousand years, which they haven't, or you, I wouldn't be talking to you, they had not even been there a day. Which means we'll be there soon. Which means by the time that you get there to see your family, they'll, they'll just be finishing signing to register. And I say, how, how, how'd you get here so quick? Michelle's would Like she liked to go to stores and look at everything. Right? Everything. You put her in an antique store, she could do it in Dollar General. She could spend 15 hours in Dollar General, just look at little things. There's no way. She's been there five years. There's no way that she has gone over 15 foot in heaven. Jesus and everyone she knew had to come to, because she's taking in every little bit of it. And she loved flowers and planting bushes. I, I never knew how to cut a grass. I tried. I tried. I said, I don't know. Mary. I don't know if I'm cutting grass or weeds or flowers. I said, I can't bring in no zero turn. I can't bring in anything. I said, they ain't nothing wide enough. And she has something planted there and there and there and there and there. And I went down and thought I did a, a, a good Deal one time, and I, I must have cut down 700 different plants that was flowers. And she's like, ah, what have you done? I says, bush hog. I mean, cut grass. I mean, oh, <laughs> ah, you destroyed my garden. I was like, garden? Garden? This is a garden? So, hey, I'm telling you, if they're in, happy, they're in heaven, they're happy. Let's, let's just go ahead and be happy right now. I don't mean to keep you here, but I just want you to get some stuff off of you. Glory to God, get it, just get it off of you, hallelujah. The Lord understands that we miss. It's because he gave you the capacity to love, but you're going to have them forever and eternity. Praise the Lord, amen. I mean, you're going to be in heaven so long with them that you may tell them to go away for a day. Hallelujah, so you can talk to some other people. So Father, we just bless you. I bless those of you who's watching right now in the name of Jesus. I declare in the name of Jesus, 2019 will be the strongest year as we get into the last days. In 2020, we're going to launch over into the supernatural. 2020 will be a year of supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles, and demonstrations of the Spirit of God. There's going to be a mighty move of God. There's going to be a move of God. The church is going to be revived in the name of Jesus. The nations of the world, God is shaking. I hear the Lord said, I will shake, and I will shake, and I will shake, and I will shake my church, and I will shake the nations. And I'll send people, people uh, of, of low recognition, people that we don't even know who they are, people who, would, who will stand in the place of people like Ryan Hart Bunke, people who are not even known. And they'll go to the nations of the earth and they will declare and they will decree my name. And I will demonstrate my word through them and they will declare and they will show forth And they will minister to people, and they will come by the hundreds, and they will come by the thousands, and they will come by the tens of thousands. And what would take someone a year to do, God said, I'll do in minutes. What would take five years to do, he said, I'll do in just a short few weeks. For the time draws now, says the Lord. He said, I am doing a quick work, and I am raising up a body, and I've raised up an army for such a time as this, and I have called you to stand in your place, and you will walk and you will show forth my glory, says the Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Father, we just give you praise and honor and glory. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. calata da masata, And there shall be a release of the financial, the financial Realm that has been held so long. I said that I would cause the finances to come for the harvest. I told you I would give provision for the vision. For you have been anointed because you have been appointed. And the appointment appointment will cause the increase and it will cause the finances to come. There will be a mighty transfer of, of wealth in this new year coming. And it will come to those who've been faithful for the $1 and faithful with the $5. You've been faithful to bless the one. And I will entrust you now with much more. And there shall be great increase, great increase, great increase, says the Lord. There shall come great increase in the name of Jesus. And those of you who have been faithful, even in the church. Those of you who have blessed my house and those of you who have blessed the men and women of God that I have called. I have taken notice. And I have watched your, your works of love and I've watched your works of labor and I shall visit you and I shall visit your homes and I shall visit your businesses and I shall cause mighty increase to come upon you. And I shall, I shall move in your homes and your families and upon your children and I shall do a great work. I did not say that I shall not be mocked, that whatever a man sows from his heart, that shall he reap. And in this lifetime, he shall reap that which will be a hundredfold. So I say right now. Get ready and expect, expect that which others can't expect. Believe for things that other people don't see, they don't hear, but you shall hear and you shall see and you shall understand. For I have given you the ears and the eyes of the of the learned, not those of the unlearned. And you shall properly know, and you sh- and it shall be discerned, and you shall walk as a mighty force. For I hear the footsteps of an army, and they are tramping across, tramp, tramp, tramp. They are trotting forth, and they shall tread upon serpents and upon scorpions, and they shall carry forth my word, and it shall come out of their mouth, my word, like a two-edged sword, and it shall divide, and it shall bring healing to the nations, and it shall restore joy to the nations, and I shall do a work in your city, and I shall do a work in this state." And as I had promised, and I have spoken through the prophetical word, Alabama will be called. Uh, the state of the glory for the glory of God shall be seen and realized and there shall be a shaking that shall come from this state and many shall come to this state from miles around and from the nations for I shall do a work in you and I shall do a work through you and they shall come and it shall be put on great display of the glory that's being released and I said the glory shall be released and cover this earth as the oceans and I declare in the name of Jesus if you will dare to stand up if you'll dare to decree and you'll just dare to, to proclaim my word. I will demonstrate who I am and my goodness and my glory shall flow in you and my glory shall flow through you. Now's the time. Go forth in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise you, Father. Glory be to God. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus, mighty name. Jesus, mighty name. We bless you, Father. Uh, I just keep hearing a loud booming more, more, more. More, I'll do exceedingly abundantly, above, and I I, I hear all that. with both, I shall do more and more and more. We thank you, Father. We receive it. We believe it. It shall be in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Yeah.